Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome, friends, to another r slash malicious compliance video. We got a great story where a job is absolutely tanking, but they will not allow anyone to do any overtime whatsoever. But first, a story from Gothic LG, maliciously complied when cleaning the fridge for grandma. My grandma is a hoarder. She honestly keeps a wide mix of things she can never throw out, has not been through in years, and has no interest in going through any of it to get rid of anything. This also applies to food, and there's no acknowledgement that normal people's houses don't look like that. I say this not to embarrass my grandma or anyone else who hoards, it just sets up my story. For the most part, hoard was not that bad. I was able to walk down most hallways. I lived with her to care for her home since she was over 80, and the chances of her breaking a hip or going unnoticed under a pile of hoard was possible for her, as it is for many of her age. I was used to not being able to throw anything out. The packages that came out of catalogs went directly into her room. Occasionally, I'd find something in the new one-fourth of a bedroom I got to keep, but not often. The inside fridge, which she used, was full of expired things she wouldn't throw away. I often used the garage fridge since it was emptier. One day, I got my favorite command from her, clean the fridge. I got it through text, so neither of us can pretend she didn't ask me to clean the fridge. Since this is my deserves-her-own-season-of-American-horror-story-without-the-hoarding grandma, she meant I needed to toss the one thing of mine she uncovered in the hoard she didn't want there. Knowing full well I couldn't get any backlash from an aunt for following the vague instructions I'd actually gotten, I spent the next two hours filling four separate 13-gallon trash bags out to the trash, tossing it all out, and actually cleaning the fridge. This was one of a few reasons I was inevitably kicked out. I also made her comply with doctor orders as her caregiver, the absolute horror that it is, but this was a great day for me. Considering the condition a hoarder house's fridge likely is in, would you ever be able to stomach going in and actually cleaning out a fridge like that? Or would it have to be some seriously meaningful circumstances for you to ever consider doing something like that? Let me know what you guys think in the comments down below. Our next story is from Dr. Leroy79. I'll gladly do inventory for you. So this story goes back a little over 20 years. As a kid fresh out of high school, I worked at a major electronics retailer that paid commission versus hourly. What that means is if your commission for the week doesn't equal $11 an hour, the company pays you $11 an hour for the number of hours you worked. Again, this was just before the turn of the century when cell phones were relatively new and home theater systems were a status symbol for the well-off and I just so happened to be great at selling both of those, I was making great money as a young man. At some point, a new manager, DeAndre, started and wanted the salesman to do weekly inventory instead of the warehouse employees. DeAndre decided that we would only be paid $11 an hour to do so. 
This was a major problem for me and the rest of the sales staff as it was costing us money by taking us off the sales floor. After much arguing and calling out sick the day I was scheduled for inventory, it was decided that we would be paid the average hourly rate of our commission sales for doing inventory. Great, cue malicious compliance. No one really kept up with how often the salesman clocked in or out during the day. The only thing that mattered was that the sales floor was always staffed, so I would show up for work like normal, but not clock in. I would only clock in long enough to ring up a sale and then immediately clock back out. This drove my average hourly rate to as high as $125 in the first week. So the next week when it was time to do inventory, I did so gladly knowing the new pay structure. For 8 hours that day, I made $125 an hour and left in a great mood. That was the last time I was ever put on the schedule to do inventory. I asked DeAndre when I would be put back on the inventory, but he only gave me a I hate you look and walked away. Of course, I filled my fellow salesmen in on my idea, and shortly thereafter, it was decided that only warehouse employees would do inventory. This is like actually one of those thousand IQ situations where there's a system and OP can just game it like that. OP did an awesome job and the company made it really easy for them to just, I mean, get their money's worth. Our next story is from Billy the Goat. You can't work overtime even though we're 3,000 behind. Okay, I won't then. I used to work for this heck hole of a job. I was a calibration technician and my job along with two others we had was to keep our tools and robots in the plant in line with our customer specs. Failure to do so would allow our customers to pull out of their contracts with no legal ramifications. So an important job. However, the rest of the plant didn't think so and neither did my supervisor who the company hired off the street with literally no knowledge of the job at all. Story for another day there. Anyways, we were behind on calibrations big time. This was due mostly to the fact that the lines refused to give us the tools to calibrate them because they didn't want to affect production. And my so-called supervisor had no spine and kept telling us to work around it. For reference, we kept 6,000 different tools and robots calibrated and almost 3,000 in the system were overdue. So yeah, we were in trouble and it was a ticking time bomb. One of our other customers had called and said that the next Monday they were coming in for an inspection, which you think would be a big old oh crap moment, but no one seemed to care. I volunteered to work that weekend to get everything on that customer's line calibrated so we could avoid the crap storm, but my boss told me that he couldn't approve any overtime without a detailed list of what I planned to do. I told him I couldn't give him a list ahead of time, as I had no clue which tools were where and what I would have to replace, but I could log it all as I went and gave it to him Monday. He said no, it was either now or I wasn't allowed to show up. So I didn't. Next Monday, customer comes in. Within an hour of being there, realizes almost all of their tools and robots are four months out of date immediately shuts down production, sends those employees home, and pulls their contract because now they had to recall four months worth of product. They start slamming on my department, to which I just looked at my boss, laughed, and then quit because screw that. One of the friends that worked there after I left told me the customer renegotiated the contract much more in their favor, meaning the company got paid way less than they originally were per product and the company took a loss on profits that year because apparently the customer went and told all of the other customers it could and a crap storm hit that place. They ended up selling the place after another year. 
I mean, this is just a cautionary tale of bad management. It just goes to show you that no matter how good your business is, if the people at the top cannot navigate it well, you can very quickly just nosedive straight into the ground. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. It's an online therapy service that after finishing a small questionnaire will match you with a licensed therapist where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. By the way, if you're enjoying these stories, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. This next story is from Jupiter82. Try to break your system? Okay. Many years ago, I was unhappy in my job at a university and applied for a job doing the same thing at another prestigious UK institution. They ultimately turned me down as they felt they could get my skills cheaper elsewhere and already had my UK knowledge and experience within the university. Fine, these things happen. I felt it was a bit short-sighted, but didn't dwell. Eventually, I moved on to another institution regardless. However, my group of similar type employees from across the UK got invited to the institution that turned me down to see their new self-service application that they had just finished developing. When we arrived, the guy in charge, who had taken the decision to not bring me on board, went on and on about how fantastic this new system was and how the testing was really thorough and everyone loved it. Don't get me wrong, it looks fantastic and flowed really well. He then used the words, go on, try to break it, we've tested it really thoroughly. Okay, I will. Now I know the technology they used to develop it inside out. There's search screens you use to find and open records and a button you can use to return to the search screen and view a different record or search again. When building self-service functionality, you disable this button, obviously, so that students can only view their own records and your code does the search and open behind the scenes. I could see that they had disabled this button, not a problem, but I also knew of a bug in the technology. 
so I sit down and log in as a test user and start working my way through the screens until I get to the section that collects the protected characteristics. Disability, ethnicity, sexuality, etc. Basically the stuff you collect and have to keep very private. I then press the key combination shortcut for return to search. Immediately, I have a search functionality for this very protected characteristic screen and can search all records and view everyone's entries. So, I find the presenter's test entry and call him over. His face turns white. This system is alive. It's being used by students right now. While scrambling to get his mobile phone out, I continue to scroll through other search results and it shows up that it works on the other screens in the application too. Eventually, the guy they hired instead of me shows up and says, We disabled the button, I don't understand. I say, It's a very well-known bug in the technology we use. You can't stop it working, but you can prevent the search results returning anything other than the records belonging to the person logged in. The presenter was absolutely furious, fuming they'd have to shut down their new system until this issue was fixed, and they had just gone live with a massive internal fanfare. So, yeah. The university wouldn't hire me because they could get the same skills cheaper, ended up paying to borrow my time from my new employers to get me to clean up the mess the cheaper skills made. Not only is this great compliance, but it's just so freaking satisfying. You get to prove your worth and make these people look like absolute idiots for passing you by. I don't know if I was in OP shoes if I'd ever be able to pass by any opportunity to say, well, you know, if you just brought me on, this never would have happened. And our final story of the day is from Dark Matters 111. I love my job. My job is in the railway as an engineer for anything with a current or that moves. A lot of this equipment is safety critical and can derail a train at worst or cause delays, which to management is just as bad, but that's irrelevant. On a quarterly basis, we go around the whole railway network and check the equipment and ensure it's within safe standards. When we aren't, when we aren't out on site, we're on standby. My department is the center of all railway departments and a couple of other transportation departments. So we regularly get a lot of people dropping by the office with queries or requests usually to do with what work is being carried out at the moment as we have many projects on at once that can mess with other work or show that equipment is faulty when it's just being worked on. As they can just drop by, not many have our numbers except the on-call managers. So we're on a night shift during bad weather, can cause more faults on the track, and usually we'll get more queries from other departments wondering if this is us or a real fault. We're chilling in the office, cups of coffee, writing reports, and of course on our phones and having a laugh, when in walks the manager on call for the night, Didi. Didi was from another department, but still got manager on call, as it is a rotation, and they cover multiple departments just for nights. He comes in and isn't happy, but leaves and comes back 20 minutes later with the same annoyed look on his face. He asks us if we have nothing productive to do in a tone that sounds like we were just asked a stupid question. Very condescending. We try to explain why we're not out doing work, but he cuts us off and tells us to find somewhere to go and something to do. He doesn't want to see us sitting about in the office. So we do just that. We go out to a remote part of the track, find an equipment room and we go in and resume our relaxation. 
as there's no one else there. It's only accessible by walking up the track, which you can't do unless you go through a whole ordeal. It only took 25 minutes of rest, or roughly an hour since we left the office, for DD to call panicked. Apparently, the other departments were getting fault calls, and they weren't sure if it was our department or actual faults. Now, we have plenty of contractors out on other projects, and we have software to check if it's been booked out for work or if it's actually down. We calmly explained that we were now out at an equipment room doing work, and we would have to call when we're done, as you can't interrupt safety critical work. This all resulted in him getting 113 calls, according to one of DD's mates who he complained to, from other departments trying to get a hold of us. He has access to the same software as us, but obviously a different department, so he had no idea how to use it. The aftermath was that Didi looked incompetent to his higher-ups and made sure to leave us alone in the future. He did try and have the rules changed so that he had more power over us and could interrupt us whenever, but that got shot down quickly as, again, safety critical. I don't know, like, I feel like if they're gonna have these managers rotate around on this job, they should probably make sure the managers actually know how to do their job. Or, you know, if somebody gets promoted to the position of manager or is in a position where they can manage these things, you know, maybe implementing some kind of check or practice in place to prove and identify that they actually know everything to do with their job. Or, nah, who needs an organized train system? The trains will get there when they get there. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another compliance story that was absolutely crazy, click on that left video. Or if you missed my latest video, check out the one on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.